Welcome back to another episode of Free Basketball, talking about Game 2 of the NBA Finals, which we just watched. I am joined or, today. Or? Or we will be talking about how ridiculous it is that Bill Simmons and Stu Gatz would joke about <laughs> using Adonis Haslam <laughs> for six fouls. And, and it's, we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to break that down. Uh, we're gonna, you're going to get all the outrage here on this podcast. How dare they? Uh, and now on to game two. We've covered that topic. <laughs> A gentleman you hear in my ear, you've heard this man before, Mr. Cody Holsey, back from vacation. How are what? you doing, sir? Rested, relaxed, feeling good. You got your um, load management? for two weeks so you didn't have to record with us yep. and now you're ready to make a uh, couple week run here at the top yep. of your apex so i hope Absolutely. you enjoyed the rest because we got a lot coming up um talking about Ever. game two mm-hmm. lakers just beat the heat we all just watched it 124 to 114 mm-hmm. immediate reactions you had did you get to watch the whole thing or just half or uh, I watched like most of the second half. Uh, I was at work, so I didn't get home till like the middle of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what I learned from this is that this is the first series the Lakers aren't going to get a gentleman sweep in. They're you just think gonna, it's just going to be an outright yeah, sweep? <laughs> oh yeah, like LeBron's got a push broom. Like in his, he's he's probably literally been practicing sweeping the floor in his hotel room like the maids come into his room they're like why is this why is it so it's already cleaned and he's like he's like i'm i'm out here trying to sweep guys (laughs) well what's kind of the thing like we'll get ahead of the curve of the people you know the uh the big name people um that have sponsors like when you look at this playoff run it's set up to be a 16 and 3 playoff run I mean, I didn't double check because I just thought about it when you mentioned just a straight out sweep. I assume that's going to be talked about in some of the that's best playoff s- runs that we've ever seen. It's a pretty solid run. I mean, does that match pretty much? Does that match what the Warriors did a couple of years ago, even with KD? I mean, I know they only lost a handful of games, but it's about the one. same Didn't record, right? Or were one. they, they like 16 2? I think they just Did lost. Did they? One. Were they sixteen yeah, and one? Sixteen and one, same as the Lakers. Okay, I think. but you definitely I think, think it's a sweep. Obviously, Goran yeah, Dragic, so. Bam Adebayo, they're both out. So you think, even though the Heat put up a gentleman's fight tonight, I would say they didn't lay down. Thankfully, they but did not. You no, think they were? They played. They played them tough. But you think it's definitely a sweep? Yes. No way if Bam comes back or if they shoot Goran up in game four, the Heat don't steal one. No, I don't think so. No. Well, I was interested by the stats because obviously everybody was pointing to, um, you know, LeBron and AD had these incredible shooting games, which they did. I mean, they both shot 60% or over, I believe. Um, They were like a combined 20 
eight for 44 or something like that. Like just an absolutely ridiculous shooting number. But if you just looked at the overall game stats, I mean, they're pretty comparable. They both shot almost 51% from the floor. The heat shot a little better from three, but they also took 20 less threes than the Lakers. Now the Lakers hit 16 of 47, which was respectable enough to keep the heat at bay. Cause I kind of felt that all game, like the heat just stuck around and whenever they needed a big three, they got it from, you know, the unlikely characters like Rondo, Markeith Morris, Kuzma mm-hmm. would hit one. Like they always kind of bailed everyone out, which basically stopped that heat mini run. I kept expecting, you know, when they cut it to nine or seven, like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. This is going to get weird. And then someone would hit that three and it ballooned to a double-digit lead again. It's just like, ugh. If you're Spolster in the heat, you're just like, dude, can I not catch a break? Like, Rondo's going to hit four threes on me? Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think another another thing that's, like, just an issue for the heat is that they're playing that zone defense, but, like, LeBron and it Rondo are both, <laughs> it's incredible, yeah, are both incredible passers. So, like – and they're really smart, like high – like LeBron, AD, and Rondo have such a high basketball IQ, like each individually, that like I just think like they're, they're able to break down a zone uh, through just like passing and stuff. Like I don't know. I just – obviously they're game planning for the zone too, but like just those three guys, like the way they can pass and move and how much – how interchangeable like the skill sets are as far as like just the, any of them like, you know, specifically LeBron and AD, any of them can take – either of those guys can take you off the dribble. They can both shoot from pretty much wherever. They can just physically dominate you if they want to. Like, I don't know. I just think that, like, even with the zone, it's tough. Because, like you're saying, they have those role players that are hitting down shots. Um, and not having to play home and away games, I think, is definitely helpful for the role players because it's, you know, shooter's gym. Yeah, well, me and Daniel talked about this before. Last night we did – or the other – Game after game one, we did something for the locker room app mm-hmm. and the lead. And like Daniel was kind of advocating them play more zone. And we saw them play basically zone from middle of the second quarter through the rest of the game. And the reason, obviously, is they have to hide defenders. They have to hide the fact that Harrow is awful at defense. And when Kendrick Nunn is in the game, he's just so small. They tried to hide him. The Although problem he did get is, a pretty solid block on AD tonight. So he got he got one solid block, but that if was you go back, great. that's see that's the problem is that one block is going to completely negate how terrible he was but as that's that all bottom side wing. That's all and it takes. It's, a, it's highlights culture. We got rings and highlights culture now. He's but he sucks. blocked AD. <laughs> and that's all it that matters, matters, right? But he blocked AD. Yeah, He's going to be on the top back. 10 on SportsCenter. I, I told Danny that the Lakers, they're not the Celtics, right? The Lakers have a super dominant big man that can shoot from three, and they also have probably one of the smartest players to ever play the sport of basketball. And they're just more disciplined. Like, you're not going to rattle them. The only thing you can hope to do is let them shoot 47 to 53 pointers and hope they make 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just nothing you can do. Are you going to let LeBron and AD just live at the rim on you? Like, you're going to lose, and they're probably going to lose regardless, even with how open they're leaving the three-point shooters because they're basically practice shots. But 
the Lakers have never been a good three-point shooting team all year. So I've always said, I don't know if you agree with this, but I would rather lose by the hands of Rondo and Morris than AD and LeBron with layups and free throws. I mean, would you yeah, agree no, with I, that? I completely agree with you. I'd rather live with I, – I would rather go down not giving LeBron and AD easy buckets. But the, the reason I – the reason I say that is because – here's the funny thing I've been seeing going around Twitter. You know, Twitter, people don't really pay attention to stats or don't know how to interpret them very well. So the my favorite thing that I'm seeing going around right now is that the Lakers took 97 shots and the Heat only took 71. Like, oh, they shot 26 more times than them. Okay, we'll go look at the free throws. The Heat shot 34 free throws and the Lakers shot 17. Yep. So <laughs> I, that's my that's my favorite thing tonight of people posting, oh, the Lakers took 26 more shots. No, they didn't. Like <laughs> the uh, Just maybe in that factor Add of 17. physically shooting yeah. a shot, yeah, but the Heat shot 17 more free throws. <laughs> so yeah. let's kind of figure out stats, people, before we tweet stupid stuff. Uh, but that was the big key Ryan, for me. Come was in with the straight fire tonight. Sorry, I can't help myself. No, you brought up the whole thing about the Bill Simmons. You no, know, it's hot and, uh, and crispy and delicious. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just no. I just love understand. It. Just understand what you're looking at. Okay. Put a little honey sorry. mustard on it. Uh, but that was the big key for me in this game. Was if the Heat were going to have a chance and at least stick around, they had to get to the free throw line, and that's what they did. I mean, they went 31 for 34. They shot 91% from the free throw line, and they still lost by 10, shooting 50% and 40% from the three. So it looks like a 10-point loss when, in all actuality, it felt like a 30 and seems like a 30-point loss. Yep. Does that fit, like, in game three – I think you assume, just like I do, that the Heat are not going to be able to get to the line at the same rate. And obviously the Lakers are not going to be passive like they were in this game and settle for that three, and they'll get back to the free throw line. Do you think game three is going to be just an outright drubbing again, eh. like game one? I mean, it might be, but like the thing that was – the thing that was like, – I don't know. It just seemed like in game one when I was watching – that first game the other day, like what really stood out to me was that like once it kind of got like, you know, like you, I've said it to you probably a hundred times. It's not the fourth quarter yet. Like in any basketball game, no matter the score, a team could be up by 30 and I will say it's not the fourth quarter yet. Right. Whatever. Like, cool. It's the second quarter. They're up by 25. Doesn't matter. These are NBA players and, the end of the game will be tight because that's how NBA games typically work. You, and yeah, you make a great point. <laughs> and the one thing that stood out to me in game one is at no point was I like, eh, it's not the fourth quarter yet. I was like, oh, the Lakers have this one pretty well in hand. Like that was just the vibe I got. From It just seemed like everyone on the court was aware of the same thing that I was, including the Heat, which I thought was we- – which like just as weird for any team playing any basketball game when you're like, oh, it seems like you're kind of like resigned to the fact that you're going to lose. And some of that is probably like morale from like two of your guys going down in the middle of the game. I mean, you lose Goran Dragic. Dragic is your leading scorer. 
and then you lose right. Bam, who is your leading everything else. Yeah. So yeah, it's... I think like that's definitely like a mental thing. You come into this game knowing they're not going to be there. I think your mental state is you, you already know you're prepared to play without them. You've game planned for them not being there. And I think that makes a difference like in the game too. And I think that, I think that they'll, I think they'll still be competitive in game three. I just, I just don't think they have enough firepower to handle LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, there's not many teams that do. Yeah. You make a great point. And I, We'll probably talk about this in a later episode, but you are on the Lakers from the beginning, and I always do this. I always completely ignore the narratives with yep. teams, mm-hmm. and that's going to be something we're going to talk about after this series is over, probably in you know four days. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they that have, was just uh... how did we not know from the narratives with the Lakers? Like, why did we ever choose against them? Like, why did we? I don't think know why you did either. Fail? I, yeah, you were you were right. Who is this we? Who is this we? I can't give you me and Daniel. Oh, okay. Me and I, just want, I just want to make sure. I just you keep saying <laughs> we, and I don't want to be lumped into that because from like basically the beginning of the year, uh, I feel like I was on the Lakers. They're the best team in Los Angeles. I was I was worried about like the rest of the team, but what what turns out I was worried about with the Lakers actually ended up being the issue with the Clippers. Hmm. It's just the, just the durability and like people like they had to do all that load management and they didn't get to play together. And now Doc Rivers is the coach of Philadelphia, but that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> little sneak preview for everybody of what is to come in future episodes. I yeah. like the teaser. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I'm interested now, I don't know if I, I want to talk about adjustments a little bit. I know there's not too much you can do really if you're the Lakers, right? You just keep pounding away at whatever the Heat give you. If they're going to play man to man, then LeBron's going to hunt those yep, uh, switches on and... and drive them to the hole. Mm-hmm. And if they play zone, they'll keep attacking the middle and kicking out and shooting three. So yep. we said the Heat would rather live with, I think, them shooting a bunch of threes. I Obviously, the part of that zone. Which is shocking because zone – and if they play that zone, they really have no shot to me. Man, they probably don't have much of a shot either. I feel at like even – I feels feel like even worse about intense. them playing man-to-man. It might be – it might feel a little more intense, but if they play man-to-man, like, they don't have – like, Jimmy Butler can slow LeBron down. Like, I'll give him that. But what do they have for Anthony Davis? Who's – Kelly Olenek? Is that <laughs> – that's your best? Well, I think that's a, why you're hoping you man, get Bam back. Well, yeah, no, I mean, obviously you hope you get Bam back. Then then running man-to-man is a little bit more reasonable because – But Bam what's weird and, about it, in game one, they started Bam on Dwight Howard and started Crowder on AD. So yeah, I've – you know, we both listened to a bunch of different podcasts, and they were all saying this was going to happen because they're worried about Dwight Howard on the offensive rebound. To me, I was opposite from the beginning – wouldn't I be more worried about Anthony Davis getting in a rhythm than 20 minutes of playing time from Dwight? Sure, he might get six offensive well, rebounds on me. Great. Are you, are you worried? My question is, like, Anthony Davis, one of the great players in the NBA currently. Talented guy. Real, real good at basketball. Dwight Howard, afterthought role player, 
on a like last second signing. Like, who is more dangerous in a playoff game? That's it's not that's, it's not like two thousand nine yeah. Dwight Howard. No, that we're talking about we're talking about it's like Dwight Howard, who all he can do. Tough. Dwight yeah. Howard, all like, he in does the is career. offensive rebound. That's all. That's all he does. He gets putbacks and and like he's not out there making a bunch of post moves or doing any shimmy shakes. He's not doing. He's he's not Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, I think I, you would want your best defender for. Yeah, I just think you'd want to stop Anthony Davis, but I'm not. I don't care if Dwight go, if, if Dwight goes for 20, cool. As long as they hold AD to, you know, 20 as well. I mean, whatever. Well, I mean, if Dwight Howard scoring 20 on you, like you're happy. Yeah, that's that. fair. That's like yeah, a bad, that's a fair. real bad. All right, bad I example. Like if, Maybe 10. If, if Dwight's got <laughs> yeah, if it's like if it's if Dwight gets 10, that's fine. But if you're talking, he's getting 20 points. He's torching uh, your team. Like the Lakers are just like, shit, we'll just pass it to Dwight. It's like, it's like 2008 yeah. in here. <laughs> well, here's the problem with like the man versus the zone or the zone versus the man is Dwight Howard didn't have any offensive rebounds tonight. I mean, he only played 17 minutes, but like he didn't have any offensive rebounds. Anthony Davis had eight. Because you're playing that zone. I mean, yep. does that flip if they're playing man and Jay Crowder yeah. is guarding Dwight and Bam if he comes back and games though. on AD? Those are long like rebounds, just, though. Like, those aren't – I don't know. Th- the reason AD is right. getting those rebounds is because he's playing further away from the basket than Dwight is, too. If they're playing zone and they're shooting a lot of threes, then AD is going to have more rebounds because the ball's going to be bouncing back further off of those, you know, back of the rim or whatever. I don't know. That's just how I think about it. Right. I just – if Bam's coming back in game three, I would start him on AD, and who cares about Dwight? Let him get his five offensive rebounds. Who cares? You just foul him on all five and send him a line. He's going to make 50% of them. You're not hurt that bad. What I can't just... afford is AD getting going seven for eight, you know, in the first quarter and catching a rhythm and living in that rhythm the rest of the game. Do you like think you've there's... got to – you got to show something different to him besides a six-six Jay Crowder that he can pull up on any time of the game that he wants to. Yeah, I mean he's seven feet tall. He's just—it's just like Kevin Durant. Like people, when people guard Kevin Durant, like, well, if I want to shoot, I'm going to shoot. Unless it's like Anthony Davis guarding Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> and that's which, like which possible <laughs> in the finals, <laughs> East West. That could happen. What I would like to see if the Heat are going to keep playing that zone, the adjustment I'd like to see is instead of having your like better, lengthier, quote-unquote, um, guards on the top of it, now I get mm-hmm. the strategy of that because they're trying to prevent the pass to the middle so they don't get eaten alive. But guess what? It's not, it's not, like, it's not doing anything. You're still getting eaten alive in the middle. They're bo- switch them with the bottom two wings. So instead of your back line being Kelly Olynyk, Kendrick Nunn, and Tyler Harrow, all three are the worst defenders on almost any NBA team. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have Olynyk or if Myers Leonard back there, or hopefully Bam's back? Why don't you surround him 
with what the Lakers have gone to offensively with just basically a high-low, just mm-hmm. put Iggy and Jimmy down there. That shores all of that up. Mm-hmm. And sure, you might be able to get some more entry passes to the high post, but it's sure a lot better than getting yeah. the weak side dunks or the offside rebounds. I guarantee you that AD doesn't get off eight offensive rebounds if instead of having a rebound over Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Harrow, he's having to fight through Iggy and Jimmy. So well, let me let me counterpoint to that. Sure. Do you keep those guys up top because you don't want LeBron to get a full head of steam heading towards the basket? Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe they think with their, you know, with their arms up, it looks like they're covering a lot of space. Maybe he doesn't see the lanes as well. That is like, possible. I, th- I think I honestly think that keeping them up top is a, is probably designed to slow LeBron down. Because but that's like, the I way mean, they played in the Celtics too. Was that for Jason Tatum? Maybe. I mean, if you're bi- if you're big up front, like, and you're and you're in those passing lanes, you're probably more likely to get deflections that way. If you have your two your two bigger defenders up front, mm. they're better defenders, so they're stopped. That like they're better on ball defenders too. So when a guard has the ball in their hand, like, do you want Tyler Hero guarding him and just getting burned, and then everybody's having to help, and then you've got a bunch of open shooters. I think that's probably a lot of it with the, uh, with the Celtics is they're such a good shooting team that. That uh, joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so really in reality, the but biggest I think, like, it's just, I think it's just, hey, right. I'm waving my arms around like that means the something. Actual but I think it's just, activity. Yeah. I think it's the active hands and, the deflections and stuff and guys that are, you know, going to be able to get back and help. And, you know, you're, you have to hide your bad defenders somewhere. That's why I don't like be, those two being at the bottom of the zone because they're bad defenders already. And when you sit on the side of those bottom of those zones, you actually get lazier. Mm-hmm. And so it's really kind of lending a hand to their bad habits. Right. So right. in my, in my mind, if at the top, maybe they feel like they have to be more active more often. So they don't just fall asleep on the back line, which you watch multiple plays when AD and LeBron or Rondo's in there run a high-low. They fall asleep on pinching down. Like, they just do. And then the other factors are just too small. So maybe the biggest game three adjustment is getting Bam out of bio back. Yeah, I think it's just like having health. I think health is probably the Miami's best adjustment. Even with Bam, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be a huge difference because I said at the beginning, Bam's not going up against Daniel Tice. It's AD and Dwight Howard, so yeah. and LeBron helping. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't like. Obviously, he's a big help on the offensive end, and he does help around the rim. But he's just outsized and outclassed. And I agree with you. I, I think this is done in two more games, and this is pretty depressing finals for what everyone was hoping or at least typing it up to be yeah i mean like well injuries like i feel like every team gets like everyone's everyone will say that like because it was like the bubble that like it doesn't count as much or something there will be some weird like caveat with this championship i feel like but like every team has something break their way like when they win the title like i don't think there's any team that just like I mean, yeah, every team outplayed the other teams. That's how they won. But I don't think there's any team that just, like, 
every team they played was at 100% full strength and took them to the very, like, like every team gets a break. They either don't, they either end up not having to play somebody that they don't want to end up seeing in the finals or somebody, you know, sprains an ankle or something at the wrong time or, you know, for things like that. And I just think that, you know, it sucks to be the heat, but in the playoffs, there can only be one team that wins. And this happens. And we've talked about this before. And, even when that happens, you go back and look through the list of champions. You you still feel like like they were the rightful. Like, oh I, yeah, I, no. Like we, sure. I don't think we've ever looked back and been like, oh yeah, that's the year that team should have never won. Right. Like, that <laughs> like team if the, the team that won the championship so. usually is the team that was typically the best top two or three teams in right. the NBA. Like it yeah. just. So that's just how it works itself out. But I mean, it's the first time in a decade that a team below the four seed made it to the finals. Right. And they deserve it. Absolutely yeah. deserve to be there. I mean, they beat the Bucks and the Celtics back to back in oh, yeah. stomp and, and pretty dominant fashion. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't like the kind of narrative ratios we're going to get out of this because we know that they're coming and it's going to be about how LeBron got it easy. Didn't have to face anybody or everybody was tired or injured. I have a, and then, and I, the I have a, I think more than LeBron had it easy, like they just had like karma on their side. Mm. That's like, what I'm saying. We'll talk about Rachel it Nichols pointed out that anytime they're wearing those the jerseys, they haven't lost in the playoffs. It's just extra that's why I'm kicking myself. It's like highly competitive ignoring guys, the narratives. Highly competitive guys already that like LeBron cares about legacy, like as much as like as much as everyone acts like that, no, I'm not worried about like, like people do care about that and what people think of him. And for LeBron to come to the Lakers and win a title this year, like as like his first title with the Lakers, Anthony, like the, everything, like all the pressure that they had already, plus like everything, like with this year in particular and like all that stuff. Like, I just think you take two highly competitive people that like, or at least one, in LeBron who really thrives in pressure situations and you just like keep adding pressure and he's just like, all right, cool. Like that's kind of what he's been doing since 2003 is having an enormous amount of pressure on him and just kind of delivering. Like he can have nitpicks with him and stuff like that, but like he said it, but this is kind of, but I agree with him. This is kind of what he's built for. Like, yeah, I like unfortunately, unfortunately, we just know people, and it will be nitpicked, and it's just not fair, really. But because no. he's going to win, he's going to win his fourth championship. Um, but for game three, before we go, how much do the Lakers win by? We've had two double-digit wins. I'm going to say double. Close game. This is my prediction. It might. It'll be double digits but it'll be closer than that. Like, it'll the game will really – no, <laughs> the, the final score will be double digits, yeah. but it really will be closer than right. that. I think there will be some fouls going on at the end, some extra – some free gotcha. throws. Yeah. A little stat pattern right. at the end because the uh, heater's yeah. trying to stop the clock. I think that's uh, – So you're talking about like a five- to six-point game heading into like a minute 30. Yeah, or maybe even – Foul, get two yeah. free throws, it comes through to three, miss, foul. Yeah, like, I think it's yeah. just going to be like – it was kind of like what happened tonight. Like they didn't get into the foul thing. Like it was one of those things where like the heat were right there, but they just couldn't get over the hump of like 
the Lakers defense. And I think that's kind of the same issue that they're going to have. They're They're going to be right yeah. there, but it's just going to be the Lakers are too long. They're too athletic. Like there's too, they have Anthony Davis and LeBron. Like that's, I, I can't say anything else really. That's the, they have those two guys. Like you're pretty well. I, I like it. I like I like that because I mean two double digit wins in the NBA Finals basically always leads to a super close next game. But what's well, a must, circumstances it's, game three is like a must win if you're down two. Like it's 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 tough going down three zero in the finals. Here's the problem for me is we didn't talk about this player at all, but Duncan Robinson has been absolutely horrendous this series. Mm -hmm. So is he just going to have finally a breakout game? But it seems like the Heat, with what they have personnel-wise, really gave about the best effort that they possibly Mm -hmm. could. So I'm worried about that for game three. I actually do not think this series has a game where it's within six or seven points at the final buzzer. And I think game three is actually going to be closer to a 20-point blowout Okay. than a 10. I could see it going either way, but I just think that the Heat are a team that just is like a never-say-die team. And so I think that they'll – I think they'll really bring it in the next game. There will be – I mean – I agree. There's been incredible intensity in all of these playoff games from all the teams, but I just think that, like, with what's at stake right now, I think the Heat will come back with a, a fury. Yeah, the Heat. The, yeah, the Heat will not go down without a fight, and they're not a team that will be punked. Unfortunately, they're just they just are about out of options. They are and a team that will be outplayed, though. So it, it is what it is. Unfortunate. But um, unfortunately, kind of a sad ending to a pretty decent bubble. But do you have anything else before we go? Uh, no. Just, you know, listen, like, share, rate, review the podcast. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. We appreciate you, listeners. We had the biggest month we've ever had last month. Mm-hmm. 12 So we listens. hope to continue. <laughs> we broke double digits. <laughs> appreciate it guys two months in a row just like the lakers we're hoping for a real tight month next month no it was better uh, than that but no yeah it was it's really exciting we we appreciate all of you listening hope um you have enjoyed spending some time with us all you new listeners and Mm -hmm. hope you tell other people about it we're really trying to grow and we're still we're part of the lead sports media follow them at the lead sm trying to help them grow and vice versa we're trying to just help everybody all the way around yeah. right and it, yeah exactly and if you trying have like some good team players and if you have some like you know negative things to say you have some some feedback get at us we'll take that too yeah bring on the haters that's what take I everything we say in this podcast seriously because we yeah. never joke we never about i've never made a joke in my life Udonna Taslam should just show up with a machete and start. <laughs> just go Jason Voorhees. People are so dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I know. I mean, I don't. Hey, just a disclaimer. I don't really think that. Like, don't do that, Udonna Taslam. Like, that's not a cool thing to do. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I hope everyone enjoys Games Three. Hopefully, we get a closer more exciting ending than what we've gotten so far thanks for cody for being back glad to have you back man missed having you on yeah i uh i'm glad to be back it was nice to you know have a break from the old routine 
but uh, it's good to be back in the swing of things and, you know, back at home, whatever. Great times. So hopefully we'll be back after game three. Be checking it out. Follow us at Free Basketball 3. Enjoy your evening, everyone. Indeed. <laughs>